Get a rare view into the human side of wealth management leaders, innovators, and influencers with the Big Reveal podcast from Suzanne Syracuse in partnership with InvestNet. Tune in and subscribe to find out why she calls it the Big Reveal. listeners welcome to the adventure seed podcast a random roller podcast where every show is different i'm heather and i'm whitney we rolled a tricky adventure day of 20 possibilities and rolled for drinks too we are talking about sex criminals one weird trick volume one which is issues one through five by matt fraction and chip zadarsky question mark zadarsky you've got it good job Uh, i rolled a pickle juice. I believe that was my natural one roll. And uh, Whitney is doing an extra shot of tequila for me. So stick around and see what chaos we come up with today. Oh, sex criminals. In case it doesn't need to be stated, this is not an episode for listeners under the age of 18. Ooh, that's a good call. We need to, like, just in case somebody's listening in the future and we're all cool and stuff and we need to have disclaimers. Yeah, it's definitely a mature comic. Although I don't believe it says that anywhere. Oh, it does say mature on the back. Never mind. I lied. On the single issues of this comic, they come wrapped in plastic so you know you're getting away with something salacious. Nice. That reminds me of the porn uh, the porn shops that uh, are mentioned in this book. Yes, absolutely. Um, so sex criminals out people who commit crimes when they have sex. And for those that well, are not you make it sound a little bit more simplistic than that. <laughs> yeah, it's not simplistic at all. There's nothing simple about the plot of this book. this so we rolled for a popular graphic novel and we wanted to do something fun that kind of took both of us out of our normal reading role i would say this is abnormal for you right it's abnormal for me anyway like i i wouldn't normally have picked up this book i definitely would not have picked up this book and i only did so at the advisement of a good friend who sold garen and i on this book and he sold Garen more so than me. And then Garen pestered me into reading it. Garen's my husband, for those of you that are listeners that have found us through friends. Um, so this, this book, when I first heard about this book and saw it, I thought, no, no, that's going to be dirty. And I'm not about that. And for people that know me, I'm the least prudish people, person on the planet. So for me to look at a book with with questionable contempt. Um, well, I will say this, though. At the time, you weren't heavily into comics. That's true. So, and, and I, I, the same. So, like, you and I both have had, like, touch-and-go relationships with comics, you know, in and out. And I think this was kind of more towards your down period. You might have been reading some manga. Yeah, well, and one of the reasons that I've always had a touch-and-go relationship with comics, it hasn't been the comic books themselves. I do love manga. 
it's always been the environment of the comic book shops that I've gone into. And so for, for me to be a female in a comic book shop presented with this, what I took to possibly be like a very chauvinistic book about sex. Um, and, and to be honest, it's when not, you were newly dating your husband, like this was when you were dating, right? You guys yeah, were fresh. Yeah, we, were we weren't even married yet. Um, and so to be presented this book, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. There's enough sexism in this room right now. I don't need a book about it too. Um, right. but, but that's not what the book is at all. And I'm glad that I gave it a chance. Y yes. Yes. <laughs> 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 Let's talk about some fun stuff first about the book before I talk about my awkward awkwardness there. One of my favorite things about this book, and, and I don't know that you would call it fun, but since I did just call this book out at, at the chance of being so chauvinistic, I do want to give them a little credit. I want to give um, them a lot of credit, though, because they, they tried. They tried really they hard. They did. And it's not easy to write about sex and do it well. It's not easy to write about femininity when you are not a female. And, and these two authors are definitely men. Um, I had the opportunity to meet them at a convention and they were talking to us about their process in this. And one of the, one of the writer artists is also married to a female comic book writer. And so he, he was saying that he really like wanted to get certain things correct about like the female orgasm and things like that and he he'd kind of like casually consulted her so like that made me feel good to know that about the book um but one of my favorite things about this book is that the main character who um is is very into her own sexuality and and that is on display frequently on almost every page um absolutely she uh she's not your your stereotypical Hollywood sexy kind of girl. Like she's got wide oh. hips and big thighs and and her hair's never quite perfect and she doesn't wear a ton of makeup. Like not saying that any girl that that is your classic Hollywood sexy girl is wrong. It's just it's it's nice to see your not typical porn model in a book about sex. Well, so she she looks like Matt Fraction's wife. So it's Kelly Sue DeConnick is who wrote yeah. Fish Planet. And if you look at his wife, it looks I mean, she's very she's obviously inspired by her. The heavy yeah. bang, the 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 um the same heart shaped face. Um she they're they're very much um alike uh in looks, in my opinion. And but she is beautiful. I mean, she's she's gorgeous in my in my opinion. I mean, they do make her. She's essentially a librarian, so uh, she was kind of like a little bit of an ugly duckling that kind of grew up. But she, I, I mean, I think she's, I think she's beautiful. Like, oh no, she's definitely like very attractive. Like, like if if I were to date a girl, like she would be the kind of girl that I would date because she's she's fun and she does have good personality and. And she is into herself. And I think being into yourself is one of the sexiest things about somebody. Um, and not like in a like narcissistic into yourself way, but just like no, no knowing, but appreciative of appreciative yourself. Way, like yeah. knowing that, that you're worth something. And, and I like that about her. 
she's not a superficial girl. Not at all. So I do, I do love that aspect of this comic book. Well, and the art is gorgeous. Yes. I really like, so for, for those with the graphic novel, um, Whitney sent me the pages out of the back of hers because we had a lot of single issues. Um, there's a section that you sent me that talks about the label of the section is, is absolutely hilarious. It's called Making Sausage. Um, but it talks about the work <laughs> process and how they go from a script to the layout to the inking and then how they chose the colors that they did. I've never seen that process laid out so well in a comic book. I think I've seen aspects of it, like sketches and things like that. But to see the start to finish process that they went through to create this comic was really exciting for me. And I'm not an artist. So I was very that like? impressive. Yeah. Um, you were saying you're not an artist, but sorry to interrupt. So I was gonna say you are an artist. So what was that like for you to see that laid out like step by step almost? I mean, it was really cool. I really enjoy it. I really, I like finding the root of issues. And so to see all the hard work that goes into it, and, and as you said, it's, it's laid out so well. And it's mm -hmm. very encouraging to see the struggles that other artists go through. And at the same time, to, to give a wide audience look guys, this isn't as easy as you're making it sound. This is a complicated process and I'm happy to do all this work, but just realize there's a lot of hard work and effort that goes into this. It's not just slapped together. Absolutely. Well, and and it, shows, it shows the different steps in a way. It kind of makes me appreciate the final product more. I agree. It does give it a different appreciation for it, for sure. So, you know, so Sex Criminals is, has got a very supernatural lint through it. And it reminds me, one of them is Canadian. I'm not sure exactly which one of them is Canadian. They might both be Canadian. And the reason why I bring that up is because it is very clear that they were inspired by Brian Lee O'Malley, who did Scott Pilgrim. Like, it, to me, it's very clear in that case, or it's an like they're nodding to it when they have the sex police show up in I think issue four. Yeah, yeah I the think sex, four. the sex police are issue four, and I mean that's basically the vegan police from Scott Pilgrim versus the World. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that at one point the two main characters learn they're not really police. Like the the police, the sex police have a gun, but it's not even a real gun. Well, no, it's a um, dildo. Yeah. <laughs> and the the they are robbing a bank with a gun shaped dildo. Yeah, and I love that. I think that's hysterical. Well, yeah, little details like that make this book clever in a way I didn't expect a book about sex to be. Um, I I, I like those little details that they they use to just make it like they're acknowledging that this is silly, that this whole premise is just a little out there and wild. Well, and so you want to talk about the plot a little bit. So we, we keep talking about sex in this book, but the actual plot of the book is a lot more simplistic than that. Yeah. So 
The reason it's called sex criminals is when, and we're going to use like technical scientific terms here. So, um, sorry, people that don't like to use those words. Um, I don't care about you. <laughs> when people in this book, the, the main characters have an orgasm, time stops for them until they become aroused enough to be ready to have sex again. And in, in that time period, um, they slowly learn that they can get away with things because time has frozen. And the male main character talks about how he, he used that as an outlet to like mess with people. Um, the female main character doesn't really do that until she's in college. And so, but, but even then she, she feels like she's using her sex powers for good. She's getting revenge on someone that's done one of her friends wrong. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, but the guy just kind of uses it for like casual mayhem and chaos. Nothing that hurts anybody per se. Um, he, at one point he's like taking porn from a porn shop when he's underage, but he's always like leaving cash on the, on the counter. So he's, he's not trying to do anything overly illegal, except he's underage in a porn shop. Um, I, I feel like he, he's not, he does, he doesn't leave cash. He steals it. He even says that he steals it. Oh, he says he steals yeah, yeah. like tens of thousands of dollars. You're there's a, there's a panel. Well, there's a panel where he, he sees a customer giving cash, but the oh, cash is clearly cash. the customer's hand. I misread that panel. I thought he was the one leaving the cash. Okay, no. I take it all back. He just yeah. He I mean, he steals. Business. He caused chaos. He he moves things around. He poops and plants. I take it all back about him. <laughs> He's a plant pooper. He's a plant pooper. <laughs> he, does, he does very proudly admit that when his boss makes him mad, he goes and masturbates. No, nope. and then poops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I take everything back about him. He he uses his sex power for for less nefarious purposes. <laughs> yeah, um, but she she tries to kind of be responsible about it, and um, for the most part. But that's not even the plot of the book. The plot of the book is that she runs a library, and the library has gotten behind on their mortgage payments. And she's trying to figure out how to save her library. And she meets this guy at a party. And together they come up with this plot to rob the bank. And they want to rob a bank to save a library. And, and they're not just robbing any bank. They're robbing the bank that holds the note on the mortgage. So all they're doing is taking the money from the bank for the mortgage. And then they'll just pay the bank back with the bank's own money. For the mortgage. So at the end of the day, the bank's not out the cash unless you count the money they should have gotten for the mortgages being out. Um, but the guy works for the bank and he knows their bank books and he's like, this is a drop in the bucket for us. Like, it's a Robin Hood theft. It's not a real theft. And based on his questionable morals about theft, now that I know he also has been stealing from the porn shop, I don't know that he's a great example of of robin hood thievery here but he at least is like trying to help her so that's the plot of the book um did i miss anything in the plot whitney not anything important there's it it's no i think i think you pretty much got that part so what i do like about the plot of this book what i wanted to talk about in our episode today 
is this is a book about orgasms and sex. And when, when our friend David first tried to sell me on this book, um, listening to, to David or Garen try to sell anyone on this book is hysterically awkward. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> because sometimes they know the customer really well that they're recommending it to, but sometimes it's a new customer that they don't know really well. Um, but they're going based off of, you know, the whole conversation of what do you like in a comic book? And, and then when the customer gives them the qualities they like, and this book fits them listening to these guys try to sell a stranger on, you should read this book about orgasms and bank robberies is hilarious. And it's even funnier when they're trying to sell it to a woman, um, because they're trying to like be really polite about it and not use words like orgasm. And it's, it's hysterical um, to me. Maybe not to the customer they're trying to sell it to. I don't know. But um, they sell a lot of the book. But, um, what I really like is that this book, just based on the, the title and the premise of it, it being about orgasms and sex, had the potential to just be really, really silly and shallow but there is a little bit of a deeper thing here. Like she's trying to save a library because libraries in her childhood were where she got her knowledge. There's several pages that talk about how the school system doesn't adequately educate about sex or about safe sex or about consent. She got all of that from a public library. And so now she's trying to save this library that she holds very dear in her heart. And so I really like that premise of the plot when this could have been a super silly book and, and they could have used anything other than sex to move that vehicle along of saving the library. They just happen to choose sex um, because it makes it, I guess, more appealing to the people that like to read about sex. Um, I don't know. I, I like that the sex isn't what the whole book is about. So Yeah. I uh, I struggle with this book just a little bit. And uh, I don't want to go too far off onto this tangent, but I always struggle a little bit when two men or any men, any number of men write about what sexually motivates a woman and a woman's desire and a woman's views on sex. And they they had the best intentions when doing this, but there's a particular scene that they kind of gloss over an important an important subject. And there it's a, I think it's an issue four, it might be issue three. It's issue three, my sexual errors and misfortunes. And there's a girl like she she learned she learned a lot about sex from the public library, but she also learned about sex from what she would call the was it the dirty the dirty girls. Like she called them the dirty yeah. girls because they they would have sex or have sexual activities with the boys. Yeah. And you know she talks about this girl, and the main character kind of uh, goes on about this girl. Her name is Rachel, and it gets to a point where there was this boy. And so the, the main character's name is Susie and Susie's friend, Rachel. Um, he's very, he, she's, she's a good looking girl. Um, he's a very good looking guy. And 
it says, you know, he, he smelled like a men's magazine and looked tan all year round. So, of course, Rach hooked up with him. Like, her friend is automatically kind of, for lack of a better word, kind of slut-shaming her a little bit. Of course, you know, rolls eyes, she's going to sleep with him. Yeah. And then it shows that the art shows, because in comic books, the art also tells the storyline almost as much as, if not more, than the words. And yes. so the, the next panel shows his hand up her skirt, you know, on her thigh, but it's clear her skirt's been pushed up and, and she's got a smile on her face and he's there and everyone's kind of around and it's, but it's, it's a school. Like they're in, in school right now. It's college. Yes, but they're in school. And you know, it, the next panel, it, like it, there, when you've read, when you've read enough, sex stories from a dude trying to talk about a lady you kind of know what's happening so the colors change it's obviously a negative scene it says you know it walks in on rachel crying and a, a couple panels later it says she said no jeff said shut up slut and did it anyway he was a star athlete riding free through school and life nobody ever said no to him and then it went off. It said, you know, kind of the, the negative things that happened to Rachel, you know, it, it, the negative, the positive things that happened with Jeff. It said that she called the cops, you know, but Rachel wouldn't do anything about it. So nothing happened. Well, just call rape, rape. Yeah. It, it, it very much glossed over it and it kind of almost, it it touched on the subject without ever actually touching on the subject. And that's almost worse. Like, I feel like they had good intentions and maybe they weren't trying to trigger anybody, but there's not a valid reason to have this, that storyline in the book, the way that they did it. If they had had a, if they had had a, a, a reason why this was a character arc, why, why this was important, I could maybe see that. Well, and the only reason Rachel's character is important is because she's the one that tattles. I don't want to say tattles. It's a kind of a it's, childish word. But it's snitch. I mean, they, they it's, yeah. it's, you know, snitches get stitches and she calls the, the cops when she thinks yeah. her friend's in, in danger. Like she thinks her friend's in danger and she's doing a good thing. And this book villainizes her. And... So, like, Rachel's only purpose is to rat out the main character's plot to to rob the bank. And I, I know that we talk about, like, girls getting fridged in um, books and comic books. And there's, like, there's another trope to that. Um, it's called Barrier Gaze, where gay characters often end up dead by the end of books. And... So this villainization of of a rape victim is really problematic when you look at rape culture as a whole. And and I don't know that there's a cute term for that trope, like fridging the girl or burying your gaze. But like well, in the comic book world, I mean that makes sense because that's what happened. Like that term came from comic books. Yeah, but it it's problematic, and the the fact that two most likely well-meaning authors still fall into the trope because it's just so culturally normal. I think that says a lot about the sex education that people are not receiving in terms of 
consent and what it is to be a victim or to be a predator, even if all of your intentions are there or not. I mean, the, there's a there's a common phrase: the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I, I do believe that they meant well. Like they're a lot of this book, it 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 does some positive things. So I can't imagine that they they were trying to to do something negative, but they, they fell into the tropes that they were trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. They broke the fourth wall when, when the porn star, you know, claps back, as you said, uh, when, when the girl is saying, Oh, about the, the possible molestation and the, the porn star says, girl, you can't say that. You don't know me. You don't know my life. Right. And, it, and, and like, like the porn star gets to have that fourth wall break where she validates sex work as a legitimate form of business. But we don't get to see that from the rape victim talking about her own experience. Well, I mean, they don't even have the balls to say it's rape. Right. And that bothers me, you know, because you you read this a couple of times way back when you've read this recently. You just were kind of running through it. Um, until we had this conversation when you were like, what's your talking point? And I was like, oh, I don't know. You really like this book. <laughs> and it's not that I dislike it necessarily. I just can't like it for this. I, I can't. I can't. As a as a survivor, I can't. It's, it's, it's so minimizing to me that it kind of just turns turns it off for me. Well, and I think as readers, especially as female readers in the age of Me Too, we have to hold our authors and creators to higher standards than we have in the past. Um, one of one of the series that I wanted to really enjoy and couldn't was George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones because when confronted with the massive amounts of rape in his novels, his attitude was, well, that's just what happens. Like, okay, but don't make it acceptable. Don't make it a plot point. Right. Make it make it what it is, which is a tragic, terrible thing that happens to people that don't ask for it, that don't deserve it because someone else is mentally not okay. Whether that be the the power trip that rapists get, whether that, like whatever the reason for being a rapist, like call it what it is and call them out for it and don't make it okay. Well, and Jim, Jim Hines, a male, just throwing that out there, wrote a great article for Apex Magazine a few years ago, and we'll share it in the show notes. It's called Writing About Rape. And he, he, really, he really hits the point when he talks about, do your research. As an author, do your research. Talk to the loved ones around you who are masters of whatever subject you are writing on. And then like, listen to them and, and be better. And if you can't do that, don't do that. Um, don't introduce another strong and capable female only to walk down a dark path. And we all know what happens. Like it's not George R. R. Martin gets a lot of credit for writing a strong. He, he writes a lot of strong female characters. It's OK if he has rape in his stories. You know, he writes strong female characters from a very misogynistic point of view. And it's not mm-hmm. always that way. And yes, some of you can do good things and still mess up. You you can, you know, like they had very good intentions with this book. And it's a very small part. It was it's it's over in a blink of an eye. 
that's how unnecessary okay. it is what's, in this book. Page, really? So, so just don't include it and do, do more of some of the wonderful things that you did in this book. I mean, and they talk about the, like the girl's sexuality is the quiet place and the boy's sexuality is cum world. We are not that drastically different. Yes, there are some things that are different about us, but like they don't, it's just, there's so many components that it just, it just, it's weird for me. It's, 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 it was a hard read for me and I, I wouldn't pick up another volume, although I can't disparage anyone for reading it and being okay with it. It's, it's perfectly fine. Um, and, and the, the art's beautiful. The, a lot of the storyline is great. It's a fantastic thought. Um, but there's, there's some things that are lacking from it that I would just like for them to own and, and improve upon. Absolutely. And, uh, and I, go ahead. I think I was going to say, um, I think that the, the roommate, Rachel, her, her snitching out her friend could have come from, from any, any other interaction she and, and the main character had other than this oh i got raped are you okay i'm here for you scene like it was so unnecessary it didn't even it didn't even influence the plot later she still could have ratted out her friend just because she's worried about a friend absolutely without that other scene yeah i mean i just i feel like the that rachel character got um got an unfair deal in this whole storyline, even if, even if it wasn't intentional, it just, it was, it was hard. Um, but I like, but like I said, the, the art is fantastic. They, she sings fat bottom girls. She does a karaoke scene and that, that's the, 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 the part where the second main character falls in love with her forever. You know, like he's totally John, I think he's sold on her yeah. because she karaoke sings fat bottom girls the sex police are hysterical like that whole scene it's almost like like the main lady looks almost like tilda swinton twin tilda swinton i think is her name um you will you would know her if you saw her she's been in a lot of stuff but i would have known her as a lot sometimes yeah but I mean, it's she's it's just it's she's fantastic. Her Kegel face is funny. I mean, it's just there's there's a lot of really good positives about the book, and I you know I'm I'm, I'm there for that. I just it's just I'm definitely against going against the man, but just the fact that someone has a Kegel face made me giggle. Mm-hmm. Because, like I've never looked in the mirror when I'm doing doing my lady health exercises, but. I kind of want to now to see if I also have a Kegel face. I think your Kegel face is probably a lot like your O face. <laughs> You're and maybe probably not. Hers is angry because she's just, she's angry. <laughs> she's an angry lady. Uh, but on, on that note, <laughs> uh, did we want to talk about any businesses this week we've been talking a lot about you know where you can get some local comics and feel safe so maybe we could um plug where we where your husband works yeah so um nirvana comics in oxville is an lgbt certified safe space and they also are a part female owned comic book one of the co-owners is is a woman 
And so it's a safe place for women as well. They try to carry a wide variety of comics based on people's interest. I know that um, they try to keep in a lot of the LGBT authors. Um, one of my favorite trans authors, they feature her a lot there. Um, and so they're just, they're a really good shop to, to keep people inclusive and to make everybody feel welcome and to push products from different walks of life that maybe you wouldn't necessarily find in your typical comic book store. Um, I also want to shout out to the public library since it's such an important part of this book. Um, because of COVID, public libraries had to close for a while. And, and they, like many other government-funded places, are probably facing budget cuts right now. So if you can support your public library, they, they would love you for it. Librarians Absolutely. are awesome. Yeah, they are. I wanted to be a librarian so bad. Well, and I think our society still has this misconception of what a library is. Like, it's a stodgy place with musty books, and that's it. But well, and there's there's only two kinds of libraries. There's there's the librarian who is the sex pot at night, or the librarian who's the old lady. Yeah, <laughs> those both are so far from the truth. Um, like the local library that I go to is the Halls Branch, and every week they have really awesome thirty minute. Well, they they did before COVID. I haven't been back since COVID because it it makes me nervous, but. They had really awesome children's programming. So for 30 minutes, once a week, I could take my toddler and they played games. They did musical lessons with like shakers and maracas and stuff. Um, they did two or three books in that 30 minutes. They had bubbles. Like it was the most action packed 30 minutes of my kid's week sometimes. And he was always so excited to go. They had puzzles like the, the big chunky wooden puzzles for kids. They had stuffed animals, um, stuff that maybe like parents wouldn't necessarily have enough room for at their house. Um, but like they also have have computers and and one of my other favorite libraries to take them to. I drove to go to this one. I mean, this they're they're community centers now. It's not yeah. just it's not just for little kids. There's all kinds of all kinds of benefits for adults as well. And yeah. you can you can do apps that you you don't even have to ever go to the library. You download the app like Overdrive or some of the others and you can rent books from all over. They even have an app that's almost like a Netflix for the public library with movies. And I can't remember the name of it, but it exists. It's like movies from the library, Netflix style. Yeah. Yeah, it's we'll have free. to check that out for sure. And we, but no, one other, other public library I wanna shout, shout out is the Blount County Public Library because they have a huge makerspace for kids. And I have never seen a makerspace so outfitted like theirs is. So, like, libraries aren't just books anymore. Well, I mean, and they haven't been for, I don't think they ever have been, to be honest. Because, I mean, we had, yeah. I had all those same things when I was a kid. You know, like, our, our library system is great. But, like, all, the majority of library systems across our country have done a really good job at trying to engage with the community. Absolutely. Um, so let's, you want to go ahead and roll up? Yes. I think it's my turn. So it I'm roll. Oof. <laughs> Oof, what'd you roll? I'm scared. I rolled a nat one. And your pickle juice wasn't a nat one. Your nat one is water. 
Just oh, you pour water right. more than you pour pickle juice, apparently, which is weird. <laughs> um, I rolled a nat one. So our nat one is to, to uh, discuss the ingredients on a box of macaroni and cheese. So like read them, discuss them, talk about them. That's tasty though. So that's going to be a weird one. You guys definitely check in because we're going to get goofy with it, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, roll your drink and I'll roll mine. All right. I rolled for a whiskey. Yum. All right. Um, I rolled. Eight. No, sorry. Eight. Eight. Yes. You rolled a daiquiri mix, no alcohol. Ooh. Fancy. So you could have some Kool-Aid with your mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. We had another fun one off today here at Venture Seed Podcast. And as always, follow us wherever uh, podcasts are found. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. May the dice always be in your favor. Roll well. Bye, guys. to the human side of wealth management leaders, innovators, and influencers with the Big Reveal podcast from Suzanne Syracuse in partnership with InvestNet. Tune in and subscribe to find out why she calls it the Big Reveal. Get a rare view into the human side of wealth management leaders, innovators, and influencers with the Big Reveal podcast from Suzanne Syracuse in partnership with InvestNet. Tune in and subscribe to find out why she calls it the Big Reveal.